When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Basically, I started out having to prove to the industry that somebody who looked like me was capable of producing mainstream movies. Hollywood is notoriously tough on women, even more so on black women. But producer Deborah Barton Chase has found a way to make the movies she wants to make that reflect her own creative force and vision. It's a vision that appeals to a lot of people because her films have been huge hits. They include The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and The Princess Diaries, which earned her the distinction of being the first African-American woman to produce a film that grossed over $100 million. Together, her movies have made over half a billion dollars at the box office. Her most recent movie was Harriet, about ex-slave and freedom fighter Harriet Tubman. As Deborah says, it's all about standing up for what you believe in. I'm Sharon Bowen, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Let's listen and learn why Deborah Martin Chase is one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. So Deborah, for our listeners, how did a Harvard Law School graduate end up working in motion pictures and television? I have always loved film and television. My dad was the biggest film and television buff that I ever knew. And so I grew up in a household where we talked about movies at the dinner table. And, you know, I was that kid that sat in the movie theater all Saturday afternoon and watched stuff over and over again. And, you know, I also realized how important the images that I saw on screen were to my POV on the world and that the themes, even though you're, you, you know, you are realizing it at the time, you know, had the messages and the themes had a huge impact on my development as a person. So it was always the dream. I didn't mm-hmm. know anybody in the entertainment business. I had no idea how to get into it. So I went to law school <laughs> and yep. I practiced for a few years and constantly talked about 
getting into the entertainment business and finally just reached that point in my life where, you know, I was a really good lawyer, but I didn't love it. And I was like, if not, if I don't try to get into the entertainment business now, then when would I ever do it? So I jumped off the cliff. So Deborah, then what was your first job in the, in the industry? I mean, did you fall in love with it right away or did it take you some time to, to find your place? Uh, you know, listen, it, like I said, it was uh, like a dream come true. So I actually, while I was still practicing law, I spent a year learning about the business and I knew that I wanted to come up with the ideas for movies and television. And that was either a producer or, you know, kind of inside the, the, the system, it was a studio executive. For two years, Columbia Pictures had an executive development program that was started by the then chairman, Victor Kaufman, that was designed to bring people into the industry from different disciplines. But, you know, I came in as an experienced lawyer. So I ended up spending the first year in the legal department because they had like an experienced lawyer who was willing to work her butt off and they didn't have to pay me. And then my, <laughs> my, and my big break was I sat next to the new chairman, Frank Price, at a program luncheon. And we hit it off. And about two months later, he brought me up to be his executive assistant. And that I went with him to all of his meetings. I read scripts for him. We would sit in the evening in his office and I got to ask any question that I wanted to about the decisions he had made throughout the day. He really just wanted me to learn. Um, and so, yeah, I was pinching myself. It was like, I mean, I worked super hard. I made no money. I, in retrospect, I look at it as my graduate school, but I was was in the thick of it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. From the hands of, you know, Frank in retrospect was one of the last of the old fashioned studio bosses. Mm -hmm. So learning right from him. So that's amazing. So that was that internship gave you a foot in the door, which I'm, I'm sure, hopefully, that happens uh, for people today to to get that Mm-mm. foot in the doors. Is really it's hard. Really so it's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's it really, really hard. It, it's gotten harder because just the business has become more corporate. There's a group of us that are really trying to make a difference. So, so with that experience, you. Why did you decide to start your own production company? What was the spark that really drove you to do that? You know, it just became inevitable thing. It wasn't so much that I planned it. After working with Frank, I for six months, I was a studio executive at Columbia Pictures. And then I went to run Denzel Washington's production company for four years. And then I partnered with Whitney Houston and we started a company at Disney and that was for five years. And when that company kind of came apart, you know, I started and it was, I had Princess Diaries was in the can, but it had not come out yet. And in my gut, I felt that the movie was going to be something special, but mm-hmm. I started going on interviews and, and basically, you know, I was interviewing with prominent white male producers who had companies to like come in and you know, probably be their number two person. And I just said, I don't, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. So being number two didn't, that wasn't a good concept for you. It's not the number two so much. It's that I didn't want to work to realize their visions, you know, the movies that they wanted to make. I had realized that, or I had come into my own creative voice 
and vision. And I realized that if I was going to, you know, do anything, it was time for me to, to explore that. And plus there weren't any black women making movies. So I just kind of fell into it. And and what really happened is I, I just decided, again, I kind of banked on Princess Diaries being something. And so I was, you know, out of work for a few months and I just mm-hmm. said, you know, what, I'm going to wait until the movie comes out because if it is a success, it put it would put me in that next league up. Thankfully it was and I ended up like the second week it was out the head of the studio at the time Nina Jacobson at Disney called me and gave me my own deal, which we didn't realize at the time, but maybe the first Black woman producer to have a deal at a major studio. Which is fabulous. Now, were there any tough moments sort of along that path, you know, that made you sweat or wonder whether it was going to happen at all? Or were you just confident that it was just going to all work out? Particularly during that, that the, the period the few months before the movie came out and when, you know, our company ceased to be, I remember I would sit out on my patio here in Los Angeles at night with a knot in my stomach. And I would just say to myself, okay, I just don't believe that I have come this far to fail. I mean, (laughs) really, it was an act of faith at that point, not to just take a job, but to, to, to kind of, you know, bet on myself that something would happen with the movie and for me. And where did you think that strength came from? What made you so strong uh, when you faced those those obstacles at the time? You know, it boils down to faith, faith in yourself, and just kind of, you know, faith in the universe. Like I said, I just kept saying, I can't believe that the universe would bring me this far. And I know, I knew that I had put in the time and the energy and the hard work and the passion you know, that I just didn't think that all of that would be for naught, that I would be rewarded for mm-hmm. for everything. But, you know, it was, I, I bet on myself, which is I encourage people to do, because at the end of the day, you, you know, you have to. Yeah, that's great advice for, particularly for the women entrepreneurs who are listening to us today. And it's it clearly paid off, you know, among your work, you've produced some some of the most beloved uh, franchises, you know, we mentioned the Princess Diaries, you know, the Sisterhood, the Traveling Pants, one of my favorites, the Cheetah Girls. How did you land such big films? I mean, did you think that you would ever be so successful? When I was in really starting things up, I didn't allow myself to really focus on the inequities in the marketplace. You know, the fact that as, a black woman, you know, basically I started out having to prove to the industry that somebody who looked like me was capable of producing mainstream movies where my white male counterparts were just like, okay, I'm here. Like, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to make a lot of money? But I just kept, my eyes were on the prize and I think it it did help that this was a second career for me. So Mm. I, I had the knowledge that, you know, look, if push came to shove and I failed fabulously, you know, and and was flat on my face, that I could always, you know, hang a shingle out as a lawyer and, you know, put a roof over my head. But, you know, we weren't going to let you do that. So (laughs) (laughs) listen, how many times did I sleep on your, uh, uh, (laughs) 
in that back bedroom. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But um, when I looked around the industry, you know, at that time, basically, if you were a black producer, you were only making black product. Whereas every, you know, white producers, male, female, mm-hmm. Hispanic producers were making black product as well. So I went to the agencies at the time I was with the William Morris agency, but I went to all of them and I said, look, you need to send me the stuff that you send the white producers. Don't just send me the stuff that you think I should be doing. Let me make that decision. I had produced Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella and the unpublished manuscript for the Princess Diaries came to William Morris. It had been turned down by, I don't know, 15 publishers, but the agent called me. He said, well, you just did Cinderella. I thought that this might be up your alley. And I read the book that night and I was like, oh, I get this. And, you know, sold it to Disney. And then that, you know, success helps you get more success in the sense that, you know, all of a sudden I was on the map as an established producer. Actually, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Council is one of the few things that Kevin McCormick, who was a senior executive at Warner Brothers, actually called me after Princess Diaries. And the, the book had been out and was a success. And he, he said, you know, again, I thought this might be something you'd be interested in. Read it immediately, loved it, you know, knew it had a huge fan base and, you know, made those movies. We know that those great ideas always need funding to really become a reality. And, you know, personally, I've always been appalled by the lack of access to capital for women-owned businesses with such a small percentage, less than 5% of funds for venture capital going to women-owned businesses and a small percentage of bank loans. You know, yet we know women control a a large percentage of purchasing power. I'm sure that the film industry is not immune from this either. So how did you tackle sort of this mismatch with a great idea, but did you have problems getting funding? You know, 90% of the stuff I've done has been financed by the major movie studios or television slash cable networks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've been, you know, I'm based at Disney for 15 years. I, you know, I've just been in that pool. But that being said, there's a long stretch in there. I don't know. It probably ended maybe five years ago where the studios and the network, nobody was interested in stories about people of color. Nobody were interested in stories about women. And while I have done other things, that is clearly my bread and butter. My, my passion is, you know, telling those stories and shattering stereotypes and, and projecting, you know, complex, interesting images for both groups. And I found myself kind of throwing stuff up against the wall, you know, because people weren't interested in what I was really interested in. I couldn't get the stuff I wanted to do financed and the other stuff just wasn't meaning anything to me. It was a a little tough period. But the journey was a good journey. You know, listen, I've learned someday I said, I'm going to write a book Mm. about what I've learned about life from, from Hollywood because, you know, I've learned about faith. I've learned, you know, it's been reinforced that you've got to, you know, believe in yourself, as I said earlier. And it's also particularly, it's always been true, but particularly in these times where the world and culture and politics is changing so rapidly, 
you have to stay nimble and you have to stay open. But, you know, for a producer in Hollywood to have a home for 15 years at a major Mm -hmm. studio, and I'm very grateful, but I realized that I had gotten stale, that I, you know, I, I was doing business in the same way that I'd been doing it for 15 years at the same company in the same way. And everything had changed. I had changed. The business had changed. The world had changed. The company has changed. You know, I think your tendency when you've had some success is just to drill down on how you've been doing things because you figure you just, it's just another wall when in Mm -hmm. fact this was a sea change. And so thankfully I, I took a step back. I diminished my overhead for, for nine months And just kind of open myself back up to new ideas and new ways of thinking about product and the business. And it really, it was like the perfect thing because Mm -hmm. it just positioned me to reboot, relaunch myself and my business. 100 Women to Hear will be back after a short break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So, you know, given today's conditions and you, you're describing that you, you, you made a pivot at that time and looking at the, the, the world today, a lot of companies have had to pivot their business models and their operations due to the pandemic. Um, has, has your business been reshaped? Have you had to pivot again during this time? No, thank it, I am so grateful. I, that pivot put me in position 
to be really good through this uh, pandemic. And I said this at the outset, it's, you know, there, there were businesses that had old business models yes. at the start of this that were just hanging on. And so the pressure from the shutdown and, and everything, you know, that we're going through took them out, right? Because what I've learned is you have to change. You have to stay abreast of what's going on and stay, you know, relevant. It's like you have to keep your business model current because you never know what's going to happen. And I I think, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of businesses that, that may not come back and sort of, you know, in that vein for, for that entrepreneur who missed it the first go round and needs to pivot to survive going forward, is there one piece of advice that was critical to your success that you could tell our listeners about today? I know you mentioned being nimble and being current. Nimble, current, and open. And as I said, I think open is really important in the sense that it's human nature to keep doing things, particularly, again, if you've, if you've had some success, to continue mm-hmm. to do things in the same way because there's a comfort level that obviously sets in. But you have to be willing to look at things from other points of view and other perspectives and question your assumptions periodically so that because things are changing so rapidly. The technology is changing so rapidly. Our culture is changing so rapidly. I was uh, listening last night. Obviously, the state of Mississippi just got rid of the Confederate flag, you know, as mm-hmm. part of its flag. And they were saying that in a poll a year ago, over 50% of Mississippians did not want to change the flag. Here we are a year later. And over 50 percent wanted to change the flag. So so what you know, it's been a year. You got to stay on top. Things are changing all the time. And that's going to impact your business and how people respond to you. I think about the power of of the movies you've done. And, you know, it's hard not to think about Harriet in this moment in time. And, you know, I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, your, your stories always reshape sort of the images and some of the misperceptions that you know many of us are sort of grappling with right now. What would Harriet do today? The thing about Harriet's life that is so inspirational is putting it mildly, but also I think so relevant for right now, is that she was born a slave and destined to be a slave her entire life. But she said no. And she decided that she was going to change the course of her life, her family's life, many other Black people's lives, and in doing all that, help change the course of our nation. Look at what has come out of the protests. You know, that people said, enough, we're not taking this anymore. You know, we all have the ability, we have a voice, and whether we use it individually in, you know, in our homes or in our churches, our schools, or whether we're using it in the streets to peacefully, peacefully protest. And we got to use it at the ballot box. But I think, you know, Harriet stands for standing up for your rights, standing up for what you believe in, standing up for, you know, your freedoms. I mentioned at the very beginning of our interview that 
you know, we've known each other for many, many, many years and, and how many amazing friends we have in common. Can you tell me how important have you know those networks been to you and what and what advice would you give like the young person as to how do you how would someone build a network? My female friendships like you, my dear female friends have been invaluable to me. I went to Mount Holyoke in Wellesley. I mean, I'm a I'm a women's college graduate. I believe in the power of women and and friendships and our collective power. Particularly, you know, when I came to Hollywood and I was alone in many ways, you know, mm-hmm. the pat the road not traveled, I was taking And particularly at that time, because there were so few opportunities for Black people and for women in general, there was that kind of cutthroat mentality. So, you know, I was having to look over your shoulder. And so I just, having this amazing network of friends in like you in New York and D.C., Chicago, really kept me, you know, just connected and grounded. And we, you know, Sharon, we would go out to dinner with, you know, the yep. little group of us. And I remember, yes. you know, we'd go to dinner and we'd talk about what we were each going through yes. in our own realms. And we would recognize the, you know, the similarities of the challenges and just, you know, shore each other up emotionally, if nothing else, much less, you know, with information and, you know, helping each other practically where we could, but the emotional support was key. Yeah. It's been key, you know, having you in my life and you've been a huge supporter and, you know, I love you dearly in any event, but it just reminded me, I was on a call with young black women partners at majority firms and young black women general counsel. And, and some of them talked about, you know, particularly now the sort of the isolation still being the only one and grappling with how you even have conversations, you know, in this with the civil unrest. And I encourage them to reach out to each other and to mm-hmm. make sure we continue to use our network to support each other. I mean, it's just so important to be able to pick up the phone and ask that girlfriend, like, you know, this happened to me. Am I crazy or did this happen to you too? Absolutely. They're common things that we go through. And so just being able to, first of all, be able to talk about it and not hold it inside, you know, just starts the process of resolving it or figuring out how you're going to handle it. But then also just to be able to share experiences is, is critical. It is critical. So in that vein, Deborah, so with the young woman entrepreneur who's listening to us right now, who thinking about, you know, writing her own script and her own future and looking for those tools and resources that they may need to achieve their dreams. You know, what would be that one big piece of advice that you would give that person? I think for one of it is figure out what you really want to do. You know, what really means something to you. Because whatever you choose to do, you're going to have to work really hard at it. You know, we all know, we all listen to our mothers and our, our, our grandparents, and we know that it's still, if you're Black, you know, and yeah. as women, you got to work twice as, hard twice as hard in order to yep. get, you know, half as Half far. as much. That's just, yep. that's still the reality. So 
if you're going to put that kind of time, effort, dedication, passion, commitment into something, make sure it's something that is meaningful to you, that you really care about, and that you really think that you can make a contribution through. I guess it's like the other side of that is mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go for what you want. Right. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're boxes and, and it's 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 kind of easy to go into a box, but create the life that you want to live. For that person who is afraid and who's afraid to try because they, they're afraid they may fail. What do you say to that person? I mean, I can only tell you from my own experience when I, you know, jumped off the cliff for entertainment. I said I just I didn't want to wake up you know, now at this age and just be filled with woulda, coulda, shoulda, if only if. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. If you don't try, you'll never know. What do you have to lose? You don't just jump out there willy-nilly, but make taking calculated risks mm-hmm. is part of success. From some of my failures, I've learned an enormous amount. So that's part of the journey. It's up and down. You know, not everything is success, but those those failures and what you learn from them and learning just how to pick yourself back up and keep going, because that makes you mm-hmm. less afraid going forward. It's all part of success. That's great. So what's next, Deborah? So when when the pandemic hit, I was on the eve of shooting two network TV pilots. And the you know, very small silver lining in this whole pandemic is that one of the pilots for CBS got a straight to series order. And wow. that's a I'm so excited about it. It's a nineteen eight Congratulations. Thank you very much. You know, we, we again, realized after the fact, I'm probably the first or second non-writing, non-directing executive producer in network, Black female in network television. So it's a reboot of the 1980s television series, The Equalizer, starring Queen Latifah. Excellent. Who's a dear friend. And this is so, um, we're so excited about it. Chris Noth. From Mr. Big from Sex in the City mm-hmm. is also in it. Lorraine Toussaint. But it's, you know, if there were ever a time for a show about a strong Black woman who helps those people whom the system has let down to find mm-hmm. justice and find hope, you know, could it be a better time than now? That's huge. It's huge. It's a big deal. My other pilot was for NBC. It's a black succession set in Harlem that I'm doing, um, Malcolm Lee, you know, who directed Girls Trip and Best Man Mm -hmm. movies. He's my uh, producing partner. He, and he'll direct the pilot and this fabulous uh, black woman writer, Carla Waddles wrote the script. So we're excited about that too. So it's, you know, so I'm excited about what's on the horizon when we get out of COVID life. Yeah, that is, that is so fantastic, Deborah. You know, congratulations. I really want to thank you so much for sharing your story 
and for joining the show. You know how much this means uh, to me personally. And it's, I'm just so, so grateful to, to have you in my life. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Well, you are a very, very, very dear friend, you and Larry. And I am so happy that we got to chat long distance since we can't see each other right now. I want to thank Deborah Martin Chase for that great conversation. I've learned so much from Deborah over the years. Her unshakable commitment to her vision is inspiring. So is her ability to say no, to insist that she will only work on projects or in situations where she can advance what she sees as her greater purpose. She is also a testimony to the value of building a community of colleagues and supporters, all working toward a common goal. And she reminds us how rich our culture can be when we have a diversity of voices bringing their own unique perspectives to our entertainment and to our lives. Tune in tomorrow for our next episode of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. For more great listens from Seneca Women, check out our other podcasts. Every weekday, join us for a brief take on all the good that's happening in the world on Seneca's Hear Something Good. And every Thursday, listen to inspiring and shared learnings from legendary women entrepreneurs on Made by Women. If you want to support organizations making a difference for women and girls, you can donate to the Women's Economic Future Fund. Learn more on our website at SenecaWomen.com. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Special thanks to our iHeart producers, supervising producer Molly Socha and supervising sound producer Matt Stillo. If you like what you heard on the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Have a great day. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.